Hello, my people. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good whatever time it is. Where you're at while listening to this podcast, Rooted Strength Method, with me, Morena. So let's get to it. Today, I would like to talk about body structure. I'm going to try to keep this one short, sweet, to the point. <laughs> okay, so we're talking about body structure. And we're talking about um, body structure for a martial artist, okay? Being a martial artist um, nowadays does not mean that your body is built to take a hit, right? Reason being is just because we train differently nowadays. We don't have to fight for the honor of our gym and the name of our school like we used to have to back in the days, right? But also because we have become weaker as a species, right? We have become a little, a lot frail compared to what we used to be because our lifestyle has changed over time so much. We used to be hunters, we used to be gatherers, right? And we used to be hunters who used to hunt for for days. We used to hound our prey and we'd win them by sheer, <clears throat> excuse me, by sheer tenacity, right? Tenacity in endurance. We were meant for endurance. We endured. That's what we do as a species, no matter what. So when life decided to go, oh no, wait a minute, your hunting and gathering is going to be done in a supermarket where most of your items will be at eye level to make sure you don't have to bend too far down or go too far up, okay? Because that might be difficult for you now because you're meant to sit in a chair. Oh, wait, most bodies weren't meant to sit on the chair. No, all bodies weren't meant to sit on the chair. The chair, my people, is something we adapted to. Coffee break. Hold on. So yes, the chair is something we adapted to. Okay, um, and I am a BJJ black belt, right? Which means I'm always on the mats. I am also um, capoeira practitioner, which means we do a lot of. Uh, positions that are meant for the body, like crouching, all of these. <clears throat> but before all of that, I am Brazilian and I come specifically from Belém do Pará. It's in the state of Pará. It's a very big state. It's next to the Amazon. And the majority of our people and our culture is completely different than the rest of Brazil. Actually, if you travel through Brazil, you will get to know many different cultures because we were impacted differently. Like if you go north, if you go south, right? So where I am from, traditionally, it's still very indigenous. We still have a lot of our um, old traditions, right? That we we bring on, we take on, and we pass on um, to our younger um, generation. And with that, we're also the capital. We are the capital of the world for acai. That's how it's pronounced. If you said it acai, that's okay. I won't, I won't kill you. It's okay. You can butcher it. But um, so over there, because we have a lot of um, indigenous foods, culture, whatnot, I grew up sitting on the floor. I did grow up um, in a place where we used to go to the Amazon all the time. We went to Manaus. A lot of my family was there. So I still got the experience of 
building a house from scratch, building a house with clay, right? You know, the clay that you get under the river. And then we build a structure, <clears throat> excuse me, of the house, right? Build the structure of the house with sticks. And then we would mix this clay with more water, make this putty. We'd go away from it. And then we'd make a ball in our hand with this putty and we'd throw it like we were the picture of, we'll say Red Sox because I'm in Boston, cool. <laughs> but it doesn't matter. It, it looked like I was throwing a baseball. <clears throat> so I would throw it very hard and then this um, clay would sink into the structure, which the structure wasn't just one stick, it was many, many sticks, many, many sticks. And um, we would throw so much clay until we made a thick wall of clay and that's how we built the house and then the roof was made out of um palm trees right and a lot of the palm trees over there are acai trees right coconut trees acai trees and those are perfect to make roofing because you can entangle them and make texture so i still had the opportunity to go through that to to build a house to plant to uh hunt to gather Right, my family, um, we lived in the gold mines for a year as well, so I got to have lots of experiences and grow up, <clears throat> excuse me, in a way that is more meant for the body. But it doesn't matter how I grew up back then, right? Well, the traditions that passed on to me are important, like I love sitting on the floor, I love sitting on the floor. If you catch me being in someone's house and I want to be comfortable or anywhere, I'm one of those. I will sit on the floor no matter where. I love sitting on the floor. And it's actually a more functional way to sit for your hips, for your body. Okay, it's really important to sit on the floor. I'm really debating getting rid of my sitting furniture because sitting is so bad for your hips. So when you sit, right, your hip line is bent in that 90 degree angle. And your bum is taking pressure that way, as well as your pelvic floor and your perineal. If you don't know what that is, those are those muscles in your bicycle seat. When you sit on a bicycle seat, all those muscles, those muscles are super important for engaging your core, right? And then your glute is kind of like your butt, right? Is in an extended position where it's kind of like folded over, not really working the opposite way. So we end up getting like that front line of the body super tight and then we don't have enough access to even be able to contract our bum the way it should so we can have a stupid strong core, right? Which is necessary for the process of rooting. Let's talk about that, rooting. Okay, as you know, my methodology is called rooted strength method. Why? Because I primarily work with rooting, right? With the power that comes from the ground up, right? From the ground up. Our feet are so, so, so important, but they work in conjunction with other parts of the body, right? And because we have bad shoe wear, I don't know what happened in the world, but I know at some point, you know, some dude was like, Yo, and I'm sorry, you know it was some dude back then because women didn't really make decisions. Some dude was like, yo, <sighs> pointy shoes are the thing. Squishing your, your toes so you can't properly move them are like the new thing. 
we should totally do it. And then maybe he was an aristocrat. He had a whole lot of dough and a whole lot of power. Um, and then fashion just changed. And it became, you know, for the benefit of beauty versus, you know, for the benefit of the body. So then we got these shoes um, that have so much cushioning, so much cushioning, that our feet, they don't even get to get strong. Our feet have so many muscles, joints, bones, like, oh my God. It's like, what, 30 bones? 30 bones. The foot. It's supposed to be flexible. It's supposed to move like, kind of like your hand does. Not quite, but kind of like, okay? And it doesn't. Most people have very, very stiff feet. And most people do not have access to their big toe anymore. It's like pointed over to the side when it's supposed to be um, pointing in towards each other, right? So the big toe is stuck in um, adduction. It's squeezing to the second toe all the time. But we should be able to abduct the toe so we should be able to move our toe back and forth we should be able to do tons of stuff and i didn't know that i had no idea i had no idea and i was born with flat feet and i had hereditary bunions i was like oh hereditary bunions my feet are meant to be like this i'm fed i'm meant to be in pain all the time this is just my life this is just how it's gonna go but then as i started to research and i took power into my own hands because that's what it is when you start to study to research and to be able to make your own ideas and your own um decisions of how you think the world works then things change and then i noticed that there was this whole other movement of people who healed all these problems in the body by just simply restoring function, restoring function that we're meant to have as human beings, human beings, right? And one of them is the function of your feet, but you can have good feet and not know how to use them. I know plenty of people that have much better feet than I have, but they don't understand how to do the rooting process. Okay. So back in the day, the rooting process was completely normal. The rooting process was completely normal, especially in martial arts, okay? I went to Whistle Kick Radio. They had an event, and I got to be a guest teacher there. And in that um, event, I took a class on sword tai chi, which is one of the things I want to practice. It's on my bucket list. So I was like, great, I have an opportunity to train sword tai chi. And um, the first thing he does is talk about rooting your body. But I'm coming from like... BJJ, MMA, and capoeira. Capoeira. And we should totally be talking about rooting our bodies, but we don't. So what happens, a lot of the structures, the structures in those bodies, they can be weak, right? Now, not necessarily, because if you take impact, then it's different. Then you have something that's making you unbalanced, and you have to look, to, to look for... Um, stability in your structure no matter what so that's like the external factor you know the feedback tool is like oh my god if i'm not properly rooted my body gets rattled but because nowadays we do um, light sparring soft contact which is fine it's great it's still working through things that the body needs however we don't have this external factor that's going to be like hey uh if you if your body is not you know well rooted and if your stance is not well-structured, when, you know, you get kicked, you're going to be knocked back. 
that's what happens, right? So oftentimes, even when I, I teach kids BJJ, uh, primarily that is my job job, okay? I don't talk about it enough, but I specialize in children and I love it. I love it. I specialize in all all people because the body structure actually, it, it fails again when you get older, but I, um, I deal with kids right now and it's amazing. And I have a, I teach for Team Link BJJ and MMA in uh, Ludlow, Massachusetts. And over there I have classes that have, you know, four year olds and I have all the way through teenagers. I teach three different classes. And while I was in the United Arab Emirates, I did the same kind of thing. I taught high school, well, middle school, high school, so sixth grade through to 12th grade. So I had my students were anywhere from um, 10, 11 years old, all the way through 18, 19. But now I'm dealing with like a younger population, you know, which were the little, little kids. And it's really cool because I often play with them. I make them, okay, put on your fight stance and start to walk. And then I'll rattle them and I'll be like, earthquake, you know, to see if I can give them this, um, feedback tool, right? Much like I use my other tools, this is a tool so they can understand where and what needs to be activated. And most of the time it starts at the feet, right? So then you're sitting there all day, you're using bad shoes, right? Your shoes are like keeping your your arch from working. Your arch is supposed to be muscular, <laughs> like it's supposed to work. Your arch your big toe and then they're like oh you have plantar fasciitis you need more padding under you and you listen to your doctor you go get more padding which is not true by the way it's not true i'm sorry i'm no doctor i am no doctor i am a physio trainer however i know from personal experience because i have been on this journey right and my body moves well as well as it does because i've been putting in i've been putting in that work and work doesn't lie and skill doesn't lie consistency it just doesn't lie you know that's why i love it and then you're sitting there at that 90 degree your butt is lazy so lazy your butt's like i refuse to contract you have used you have not used this for such a long time it refuses to contract it's also bad for your back right right now back pain starts as young as 15 years old back pain 15 years old because we live in a society where we sit most of our day. When we're meant to stand most of our day. I vote for standing desks all over the school. Like, legit, I'm not even going to lie. I wish. But the reality is, um, the life we live nowadays, the community, the, um, the traditions that have been passed on to us the last few generations are not the traditions that are meant for our body, Right? are not things we're meant to do. They're things that are acceptable, things we're supposed to do, but not things we're meant to do to have a strong body, a stronger structure, right? Um, and then when you are training martial arts, you also have a very hard time understanding alignment of the body, understanding how you get your body to a good structure and not such a bad, or excuse me, how you get your body to a structure that you can count on, that you can depend on, okay? I will give an example, okay? Let's say that you are, I'll go in a couple different arts, okay? Let's say that you are BJJ, we'll start there. BJJ, if you're doing a fight stance, right? Fight stance, how do I get my body in a structure where that fight stance is going to be strong? Most of the time, 
in many different positions. And I'm talking about standing. I'm talking about sit guard. I'm talking about passing guard. I'm talking about many different positions. You never want to take your shoulders behind your hip line. Why? Because the structure fails there. The structure fails there. So usually what you want is you want about like, um, you want maybe a 45 kind of degree angle or even more a little bit between your shoulder line and your hip line. Your shoulder always wants to be in front of your hip and then some, right? Kind of like when you're gonna squat, if you're gonna sit on a chair, you want your shoulder there. Why? Because it counterbalances it. And because if you have to tackle someone, that is the kind of alignment you're using. And if you want to be able to hold someone from tackling you down, so receiving that um, power, you're also going to have to have the same structure, right? If you're talking about capoeira, capoeira, a lot of people will lock out their knees. So then what happens? When they lock out their knees, they lose that same line I'm talking about. But then capoeira is a moving base, but it's still looking for the same kind of structure in the upper body where the shoulders have to be way in front of the hip, especially if the game is slower because we're closer to the ground. And constantly we have to have easier access to the ground, meaning maybe my base will be lower so I can reach the ground easier. And if my legs are constantly bent, it's going to suck on my thighs. However, it's going to make me feel the bomb diggity if I need to jump, if I need to squat, if I need to stop, drop and roll, whatever is gonna help me. And if we're talking about boxing, right? Boxing, we'll put boxing on MMA, in MMA in the same box for in now, but it's, it is very different, right? Because if you're doing MMA or if you're doing striking that has legs on it, then your base is gonna be a little bit more square in the shoulders right? And then um, maybe you're going to be hiding your legs a little more because you have to worry about checking the kicks, Muay Thai too, checking the kicks. So then your structure is a little bit different. But then in those bases, you're more upright. However, you're still rooting from the ground up. You're still rooting from the ground up. Even when you're on your knees in jiu-jitsu, sorry, going back, you're still rooting from the ground up. In capoeira, you're rooting from the ground up. That's how you keep a strong body, right? But then the difference between um, the standing striking arts is that your upper body will be a little bit more upright. You're gonna be hiding your stomach a little bit, but then you literally drop in your center of gravity. So you squat a little lower so you have access to your legs. Again, your limbs are not really locked. They're not, okay? They're usually loose, they're moving around, but it's easy to bend, it's easy to jump, it's easy to squat. If you need to stop, drop and roll, you can also do it, but a little bit different because we're more worried about the standing aspect. Unless you're in MMA, then you have to cover all grounds. Cool? Understanding structure right there. So that's kind of like structure, structure. And then we have breathing, right? We have breathing, we have core control. Taking a hit is all of that into one, right? Um, the other day I was watching, I, I actually have some new people on my um, Instagram, which is really cool. And they are martial artists, old school martial artists who still train contact. And I see all the trainings I used to do when I was younger, right? Taking strikes to the stomach, making sure that you're striking in a rice bag or a sandbag so you can callus the knuckles, kicking tires. I kicked tires for a while because your body, your body will get used to any kind of stimulus you give it, right? That's what it will do. So nowadays we have a body that created a very hard leather-like coating around our low back and butt, and the butt is super important. The butt does a lot, your hip is there, you know what I mean? 
but it created this coating so that now our body will feel comfortable enough to sit for these long periods of time, right? But then all of that coating and that comfort comes with failure of proper structural patterns in your movement, in your body throughout the day because you lose access to certain things because you both neglect to explore them and you also keep your body in a way that it pretty much gets frozen there, right? And then for kids, it's cool because I can develop that from a very young age. You can see how strong the little, little kids are. But then you can see as I get to the middle-aged kids, then the structure starts to fail because then they have been put into, you know, society, school, sitting for long periods of time, using the shoe wear. So then the structure starts to fail. So I see kids that come in and they're unable to put their toes in the 90 degree, you know, like the the position that you use your toes to do a push-up position. They're unable to because they haven't been doing it for the longest time. So they're starting to lose that structure. But, and their feet points all kinds of directions. Like their, their feet will be pointing out, which means there's failure in the hip line. Tons of things are happening. But it's easy to fix where if they come often, through the warm-up alone, I'll be able to do some activities that will activate those parts of their body prior to training. They don't even notice it. We're just having fun prior to training. So then I have the body structures that I need for that day, for that movement that I'm presenting. Okay. Now, when you get to the teenagers then um, it depends, right? If they've been athletes, then their body is a little bit stronger. If they haven't been athletes, maybe a little bit weaker. However, the structural um, body, the structure, the body structure starts to fail the same. It starts to fail the same, um, even more so because then they have all this emotional, emotional, um, kind of patterns that get held into their body as well. So then you can tell, you know, if they're closed body or if they're highly confident or if most of the time it happens that they've developed a body that is out of their control at the moment. And then we get them back into that empowering um, spot, which is I understand my body. I know what it's doing. I know how to move it. This is pretty cool. Um, And it takes consistency. But then as we get to adulthood, if I'm teaching adults, then adults are different, right? Because um, our bodies, they can get stiff from one day to another. An example is me. I train everything. I do this for a living. This is what I do. This is what I preach. This is how I help the collective in giving this information so people can be out of pain. People can move better. People can feel successful and belonging in their body, right? So their body works for them, not against them. However, every Monday night, I train Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Every Tuesday morning, I train capoeira at seven in the morning. Like first thing I wake up, boom, boom, capoeira. So I have to wake up much earlier, right? To make sure that my body is moving well enough for me to train capoeira. And then the night before when I train jujitsu, I have to make sure that my cool down is going to be bombs because I am going to need the ranges of my hips and my, my legs, right? Differently. I'm going to need an extended body the next day. And BJJ makes my body close up. Even if I do striking, if I do a lot of striking, if I'm hitting pads a lot, then my shoulder line will be closed because that's what it asks for, right? For me to tuck my elbows 
curl my body and stay in that position. And all of that is counterproductive for capoeira. Where's my open front line? So every day in the morning, I make sure I do a back bend. <laughs> but anyways, it's, it's, it's me counterbalancing what I do to my body throughout my day to make sure that I continue to have these functions on the spot. And I feel like if they're not there, I'll make sure I get them back because I do not want to get used to living without them any longer because I am deserving of a body that moves well, functions well. Because martial arts is my escape valve, so it makes my brain work, it makes my body learn, it makes me, um, it makes me stay young, inside and out. It rejuvenates me inside and out if I let it, right? And martial arts is the life of dedication. Doesn't matter which one you do. Doesn't matter if you do it for front to hip pads or if you do it as a professional athlete. It's still a lot of language and vocabulary that you have to learn and you have to learn how to implement. So your brain is constantly working. Isn't that cool? Anyways, body structure. So just an FYI, make sure that you work on your body daily, right? Make sure that you work on planks. People don't work on planks enough, right? Regular planks, side planks, um, uh, reverse planks, tabletop planks, whatever. Work on planks. Planks are super, super important. Bear crawl planks, that's what I meant. Reverse tabletop planks. They're super important for you to learn how to keep your body structure well, right? And then train with some kind of a feedback tool. That's why I like the steel maze. That's why I like the um, kettlebell. They show me how to keep my body and my structure intact while I'm moving a piece of iron that with each, each um, little space it travels. So each moment it gets heavier due to momentum and ballistics. So it swings, right? Which means it pulls on my center of gravity constantly. Now I'll leave you guys with a tip. Here is how to root. Ready? I want to invite you to stand up. And when you stand up, I want you to breathe in and out about three times. In and out slow. And start to kind of rock on your feet. In and out slow. And feel the edges of your feet. Spread your toes. And if you're able to, shorten your feet so your arches are active, right? If you notice your knee, your knees should be traveling slightly outward. So this is what's going to happen. Your big toe is going to plant down. We have a whole area in the brain for that guy. Big toe is planted down. Other toes are spread. You're going to imagine that your main points are going to be right under your big toe, right under your little toe, and the edge towards the middle of your heel, okay? You're going to imagine that your feet are like shallow hands, hands, okay, on the ground, and you are going to rip the ground apart. So your sideline is going to turn on. Then you're going to imagine a screw-like sensation starting on your big toes, circulating outwards towards the back, towards the back, towards your glute. And as if it's a screw coiling around your legs, when it gets to your, your kneecaps, your kneecap is your kneecaps, excuse me, are going to turn towards the last three toes. That will give you access to a straighter hip that will tilt under. 
your glute, your bum will be so hard as if you're holding a shopping bag in between it. I know it's weird, but you get it, right? Then what you're going to do is turn your hip under, tilt your hip under a little bit so you can diminish the space between your top rib line and your hip bone. So your core is tight like a plank, right? We're going to be proud, shoulders back and down. If you don't know what that's like, take your hands, you can put palms up, right? And then you can take your thumbs, point backwards, let your upper body open, keep that on your upper body and turn your hands, only your hands, that means like only from the elbow line down towards the front again, and you will feel what it's like to feel proud. Or you can think of love, love, okay? And then your shoulders are dropping down, kind of like amazing heavy wings in the back. You're taking flight. Your chin should usually be slightly tucked, okay? Pick a gaze right in front of you where it's going to leave your chin slightly tucked. Okay, and again, you're ripping the ground. You're screwing the body into place. Your bum is so hard. If you access those muscles that I was talking about, the bicycle seat, then you're going to feel all your core getting tight with it too. The bicycle seat muscles, they tighten the core. Yeah, right? Feel it. And then you can feel as if you're being wrapped by all your muscles around your rib line. And... The sensation from the ground up is the way I see power, is the way I feel power. To me, it's always rooted. Rather, I am moving or if I am not, right? I own that space. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening to me, okay? On um, Valentine's Day coming up, I'll be teaching a masterclass. This masterclass will be on the Turkish getup, a.k.a technical stand-up for more, most martial artists, okay? You do not need a kettlebell, okay? Um, if you do not have a kettlebell, you can do it with a shoe, you can do it with a book. If you do have a kettlebell, you will still be doing it with a shoe, with a book, or a yoga block, so we can check alignment. And then I will teach you, because I thought about a tool. What is a tool that I can teach them that is going to be like, boom, it's really going to help them? And the Turkish get-up is like grand, Turkish get-up is the only exercise that activates more than 90% of the whole core, right? It also helps you with punching power, with the body structure that will be able to take a hit and not get rattled. Also teaches you patience in breathing while under tension. This is an under tension exercise. And it's, if I have no time, if I have no time, and I could do only one exercise, this will be it, my people. This will be it, Okay necessary and amazing for all of us. So if you have me on Instagram, you can watch out. If you don't, at Morena, M-O-R-E-N-A underscore rooted strength. I'll put it down in the comments as well. Um, Make sure that you can go to my link tree or you can go right to my website. But actually, I don't think you can sign up there. In my link tree, I have a waiting list or you can send me a message. Okay. But I will be sending out emails today to warm people up. And then as soon as um, the weekend has passed, I'll be putting out the art for this masterclass. And I'm super excited for you guys. I'm super excited for me because all of this that I'm doing takes a lot of courage 
takes a lot of vulnerability, takes a lot of me actually believing in my ish and understanding that I'm doing this for the good of all, um, not just for me, right? So thank you for listening to my rant. Thank you for being here. And um, yeah, you guys are all that in the bag of chips, you know? Os, Asher, and peace out, my people.